Hi everyone, welcome to Behind the Monitor, the official podcast for information technology services at Syracuse University, better known as ITS. I'm your host, Jillian Follette. I might be an IT major, but there's definitely a lot that I don't know about technology. So let's take a step behind the monitor and learn more about the different ways technology impacts us here at SU. For this week's episode, we're going to be talking with Sharon Alistalo, the Program Director of Women in Science and Engineering here at SU, also known as WISE. This program works to support female students and faculty studying STEM and help them overcome the obstacles that many women in the STEM world continue to face today. As a woman in STEM myself, I am super interested in learning more about WISE and about the persisting gender gap in STEM careers that WISE works to combat. So let's take a step behind the monitor to learn more about WISE and the work that it does. Hi, Sharon. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So you're the director of a program on campus called Women in Science and Engineering. It's also known as WISE. Um, Could you tell me a little bit more about WISE and the kind of work that it does? Yes, I'd certainly, I'd love to talk about WISE. I'd probably talk too much about WISE, but basically (laughs) um, the core purpose of the Syracuse University Women in Science and Engineering program is to support the recruitment retention, attainment, and advancement of women in STEM at the university, but also in launching them into the work, the STEM workforce. Okay. So we've been in existence since 1999. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> and we provide a diverse set of opportunities for graduates, undergraduate students and graduate students, postdoctoral associates, and then faculty. Um, and we're probably one of the few wises across the nation that does the full continuum of women in STEM um, in higher education. We support the entire research pipeline, and we are effective at increasing universities' research competitiveness, funding profile, and impact as a result. So um, for women who are like part of this program, like what kind of like opportunities or things like that are they able to do through the program? Well, basically, we do almost the exact same thing in every program for every group. It's just tailored uh, slightly different to what their needs are. But we have essentially five core things that we try to achieve in our work. One is to help build a strong community for women in STEM because it can be somewhat of an alienating environment. It's important that people have a safe space to kind of come back to and ask questions and and gain strength. We like to energize resiliency by helping people develop the strategies that address challenges and um, bridge the differences that they experience. We want to accelerate their excellence um, by providing leadership and fostering career planning, professional development skills, self-management, and work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And then we motivate persistence towards degree completion, career launch, or career advancement in the case of faculty. And um, we stand up for equity and inclusion, uh, both uh, interpersonally and across campus. That all sounds really awesome. I um, like what you were saying for that first one about feeling like isolated as a woman in STEM. Like I am a woman in STEM and I've definitely felt that like when I go into some of my high school classes and like I'm kind of surrounded by lots of boys. Like I definitely get that. So it's good that there's an organization that kind of helps with that 
feeling of isolation. So kind of going off of that, um, I know the gender gap in STEM is definitely like still a big issue in like careers, STEM careers today. So um, would you be able to kind of talk a little bit more about that gender gap and like what it kind of looks like? Uh, well, starkly, if we continue on the trajectories that we have right now, it would take nearly 50 years for women to reach parity if you just look at higher education among full professors and centuries for underrepresented racial and ethnic groups to reach parity. One of the biggest problems we have is, is the slowness of change and in repairing the representation gap. So although women make up over 50% of our general population, they represent only about 36% of the doctoral candidates, 38% of the master's students in STEM. However, if you look at that, the life sciences like biology, biomedical engineering tend to have more women in psychology, tend to have more women in them than, say, physics, engineering, yeah. information technology, computer science. Uh, is the numbers are much lower. So while it sounds great at 38 or 36 percent, really that's because there's several fields that now are almost at parity for women as opposed to other fields that are you know radically different like at less than 20 percent so there's like certain areas of stem that have higher concentrations of women in them than others right yeah so the numbers across um the fields if if you look at them in terms of stem workforce in 2017, the number of women in STEM employment grew to 29%, which was up 3% from 2003. So there is growth, but very slow. But again, you have the same occupational categories, the, the health fields, life science fields, psychology, you'll see near parity. However, uh, in terms of the engineering workforce, women only make up 16%. 27% of computer and mathematical scientists and 29% of physical scientists. Gotcha. So what's happening is not all of our, and nor should they, not all the students move on to graduate education. So we have a drop off there in terms of the numbers. Mm -hmm. And we're clearly also having a drop off in terms of those that actually enter into STEM field careers. So while we're educating more women, at the undergraduate level, the drop-off and, uh, as they say, the leaky pipeline is still uh, very much at work. Yeah. So, why would you say that drop-off kind of exists? Like, what are some of like the reasons people don't end up going into STEM career? It's several things: um, welcoming cultures and climate in STEM. The culture of STEM is very much male-dominated. It's competitive as opposed to collaborative, which is a much more of a comfortable way of working for women. Women still have to check their multiple identities at the door. You don't go in and say, oh, I'm a mother, you know, or hey, I'm, you know, a lesbian. You can't do that in the STEM field. So when you're constantly having to check a part of yourself at the door before you enter work, after a while, that really begins to drain the resiliency of people when you can't be your whole self. Yeah, that makes sense. Your place of work. So much of bias enters into multiple places in the course of 
of either the recruitment process of getting people into or in the actual ways of working. For example, women are not cited as often. They don't, um, they have a, a tougher time getting published. They're not asked to participate in some of the key activities that would help them grow so that they can prove, say, their publication. So they're not asked to be editors as frequently. So therefore, you don't gain some of the insight and knowledge from that process. There's certainly still and remains a great deal of sexual harassment. And I don't know if you recently saw the documentary Picture of Scientists that was focusing on women in the late in the 1990s. But the fact of the matter is the women in the, in the audience could identify with it today. Oh, okay. So, I'll um, have to check that out. I've never heard of that. But. Oh, yeah. It's excellent. It's an excellent documentary. We actually did a showing, and there could be another showing coming up on campus as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, through the Bioinspired Institute, and I think they're going to do it jointly with engineering. So you might want to keep an eye out for that. It's something you want to definitely see. Yeah, it's, I'll definitely it, keep that on my radar. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's hard yeah. going. Um, yeah, I'm but, sure it would make me really angry to watch, but I feel like it's something that's really important to see. Yeah. So the the bias, in fact, is very pervasive and the change is slow. And that's the probably the biggest factor is, you know, you, you can push against that door just so long. Um, yeah. And then, you know, some people drop out at that point. Mm-hmm. And kind of going back to what you said about like women having to like check their multiple aspects of their identity kind of at the door to these workplaces. Like what about a woman of color? Like, is this gap even like bigger for them? The gap is much bigger for women of color. The ability to bridge. And I wish I, I don't think I put that data handy um, for myself and I should have. That's okay. But we work in particular, we have an undergraduate program called Wise Women of Color in STEM. And one of the biggest things that we work on is is helping them develop a a strong sense of belonging in STEM, Mm -hmm. um, a strong self-efficacy as a scientist or an engineer, because they, they are confronted with far more barriers it's, it's a multiplying factor, if you will. It's not just the gender, it's gender and race. Mm-hmm. So it's the intersectionality of, of those two things that make a difference. And if you add other marginalized identities um, to it, it, it yeah. you know, really. Yeah, like, be like LGBT or something on top. Yeah, of it. right, yeah. right. Or okay. foreign born or something yeah. else, you know. Yeah. So I guess kind of tied to that, why is like the fact that this gap exists in these STEM industries like so important? Like what, what kind of impact does this gap have on the industries? Well, I, I think that the, the biggest um, impact is the fact that more and more of our problems are becoming very complex. They're mm-hmm. requiring greater skill at collaboration. It's requiring pretty much all hands on deck, yet we continue to persist in eliminating a major portion of the talent Mm -hmm. that could come to the table to make a difference. And there is actually, it's been proven mathematically 
The evidence strongly supports that diversity positively impacts scientists, um, their ability to discover, to improve their problem solving, to innovate, to predict, to evaluate, to verify, and to strategize are all limited by uh, the lack of diversity. So you need people to come from different perspectives. It can be diversity, even in terms of the way you learn or the way you approach a problem, your cultural mm -hmm. way of working, you know, the perspectives that, that come with people that come from a variety of backgrounds and experiences is just really key to science at this point. So um, it has a lot of impact in the long run if we don't begin to attend to it. Some of the things that are noteworthy um, uh, in terms of predicting the future, if there is such a thing, the National Academies of Science, Engineering and Medicine uh, delivered a report on the education of the 21st century, and they said changes in STEM research work are being driven by developments such as big data, artificial mm -hmm. intelligence. It's increasingly technology-enabled, multidisciplinary, collaborative, and international. If it's going to be increasingly international, but yet we don't tolerate other cultures. Yeah. So STEM graduates are also in greater demand in other non-STEM fields, which will be oh. interesting. They're finding that more and more STEM-educated students are going into policy, law, media, communications, nonprofits, and government. And they believe this uh, trend will continue, partly because of the training they receive. It's uh, um, very rigorous training in analyzing and approaching problems and getting used to making um, some mistakes or, or wrong assumptions and then re-looking at that and learning from that and moving forward. All those skills are really critical in more and more fields that are becoming, even though it's finance, there's much more technology behind finance than there used to be. Yeah, I was going to say, like, technology is such a big part of so many industries today. I guess it makes sense that they're looking to hire meet more people that are, like, familiar with technology. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, are not afraid to see a problem and approach it from a new direction. Yeah. Um, because I, things are changing much more rapidly now. I'm kind of going back to what you were saying about bringing in, like, different perspectives to, like, something to make it, like... Mm -hmm improve how it like operates like I guess that also applies to this yeah and so in terms of like I know you're kind of talking a little bit about like the like the future of women in technology so like um are there any like solutions that you know of that there could be to kind of like narrowing this gap well I think the solutions remain pretty basic creating inclusive collaborative cultures um, improving the climate for those places that are very, very hostile, like, you know, where there's a lot of sexual harassment or other forms of discrimination going on. Yeah. Um, there needs to be more commitment in, in establishing new norms of behavior among colleagues. Mm -hmm. um, you know, women can't change the environment themselves. The people who create and perpetuate the environment are the ones that have to change it. Yeah. Um, so the, there needs to be more work on helping people to see the advantages um, of improving the culture for all people. We combat the continue to combat the zero sum thinking of if we do this for women, 
then men lose out. And that's for the most part, they find that does that doesn't happen. That yeah. um, good policies for women are generally very good policies for men too. So, uh, you know, that that kind of thinking has to be looked at and, and worked on. There needs to be um, more routine equity reviews and checks and balances. I think that, you know, so much of what happens is on a systemic level and people don't stop enough to ask, who does this policy advantage? Who does this policy disadvantage? Yeah. What can we do to take those disadvantages away? So in essence, not just creating opportunity for people, but ensuring that we're treating everyone equally, that they have the same opportunity to make excellent outcomes. And if we don't do that, then we're just, you know, you could let all the people in the door you want, but they're not going to stay. Yeah. So better mm-hmm. childcare and family um, work-life balance options. And then programs like WISE and women, WISE Women of Color and STEM, um, mm-hmm. any kind of diversity program that really helps people to continue to work on their own skills as well as the others to work on their skills as well. Yeah, yeah, that all makes sense. <laughs> so, I mean, I know you kind of said it's definitely hard to like predict the future of like what this is going to look like. And, I, and it's like progressing at a very slow pace, like the narrowing of the gender gap but um do you think that there will be any like progress on it like in like kind of the immediate future like I don't know when you think the gap will start to narrow more significantly I don't think I could predict that um and if you looked you know I gave you statistics that were fairly current and Mm -hmm. they compared it to a three percent gain from 2003 my guess would be that was probably like 18 years Oh, yeah, that's three not great. <laughs> so um, there really is going to have to be a concerted effort. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that with some of the momentum in terms of addressing misogyny and racism in our society and the combined with the complexity of the problems we're going to have to deal with, mm-hmm. um, we'll put the the pressure on the system to begin to make more changes and include more talent in addressing mm-hmm. problems. I can only hope. <laughs> well, you know, it might be a matter of survival. <laughs> um, right now, and it, and, it, and it wouldn't just be for us, but actually for the whole world, because the United States performs the largest share of global research and development. Okay. And we generate the largest share of R&D intensive industry output globally. We award the largest number of science and engineering doctoral degrees, and we count for a significant share of research articles and citations worldwide. Yeah. So... The world is depending on the U.S. to move things forward as well. Mm, Yeah. So so women being in technology is really a global issue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that was all kind of disheartening to hear about, but I'm glad that like there's some progress happening, even though it's slow. (laughs) Well, it's disheartening if you just want to look at uh, the problems. Yeah. But if you look at the people at work within the field, some of the most dynamic um, scientists that I've met 
are, are women or allies to women that are supporting many women students in getting the kind of research experiences they need. It's very exciting to see that happen. Uh, it's just we need to multiply it at a faster rate than we yeah, are. Definitely. And I'm glad there's programs like WISE that are out there to help out with that support women who want to enter STEM career. Oh, right. And, and the iSchool has the It Girls. And that's part of it that um, where women have to reach back to and help bring up the next generation. Yeah, absolutely. If we just can't forge the path and move forward. We need to give, give back, reach back. Yeah, you have to give women those opportunities to be able to enter right. those fields. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate hearing more about WISE and about the gender gap in STEM. You're very welcome. Thank you all so much for tuning in for today's episode of Behind the Monitor. I hope you all learned a little something new about technology today. Make sure to follow ITS on Twitter and Instagram at SU underscore ITS to get updates on when new episodes will be released and to learn more about the awesome ways that people in the SU community use technology. And stay tuned for our next episode.